So today we're looking at the parable of the persistent widow. And, uh, you know, Jesus talked a lot in parables and he talked about parables. Parables are a story that have a deeper meaning. And uh, these parables speak on the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but they also speak on uh, spiritual principles of life that we can grab hold of. And the parable today of the persistent widow is, I, I believe today, it's going to enlarge your concept of prayer. It might even blow up a few of your concepts of prayer, but I certainly want it to challenge your concept of prayer today. And uh, why don't we read it together? It's in Luke 18, 1 to 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? Someone needs to hear that today. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, well, I like the strong words of Jesus. I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, and these are sobering words by Jesus. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Why don't you just join with me in prayer as we dive into the word today. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word. Lord, your word is powerful your word is precious. Your word is a transforming power in our lives today. And God, I don't want us just to hear a nice word today. We want to hear a word from heaven, a word that will touch our life, a word that will shift things in our life, a word that will uh, shift perspectives that we have on prayer and about God and how we do, do life in the midst of trials. Father in heaven, I pray that your word will be powerful this morning in each and every person's life today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, some of the parables, well actually, all of the parables Jesus said that we actually have to dig down deep to understand them. Sometimes there were stories just with sort of a surface level that you could go, oh, that was nice. But to get the real meaning, you actually had to dig down deep. And uh, interestingly though... In this parable, we actually don't have to dig too deep because right up front, Jesus says why he wrote this parable or why he said this parable. So that's helpful, isn't it? We don't have to think too much because it's right here. The purpose of the parable is stated very nicely for us at the beginning and then also at the end. So let's revisit what he says right at the beginning. Verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. 
Why don't you say this with me? I should always pray. Always pray? (laughs) And not give up. So here right up front is the message of this parable that we need to be consistent in our prayer but also persistent in our prayer, that we need to keep doing it and we should not give up. I think there's sometimes a a, a misnomer that once you've prayed, once is enough. Well, this uh, parable is saying, no, keep going. Don't just pray once and then say that's enough. And then the parable finishes with this verse. Verse 8, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And so this parable is not just about prayer and continually persisting, but it's also about our faith. Because here's a challenge by Jesus himself. When I'm on earth, when I come back, will I find faith? And I find this personally a challenge to me. If he was to come and stand right in front of me and look into my heart, would he find faith? Would he find faith in my heart for whatever I'm going through? And I want to just say to each of us today, um, this is not like a, this parable is actually a challenging parable. And so if you hear me challenging challenging you today, it's because Jesus is challenging you (laughs) out of this parable that we are to pray with persistence and consistency, but also that we need to have faith for whatever we're going through. In this parable, the woman is facing a challenging situation. She has three things against her. The first one is she is a widow. Now, in those days, they didn't have pensions. And so if um, if you're a woman and your husband died, then probably your financial support was cut off. And so she was probably uh, slightly vulnerable financially. Secondly, she had an adversary. Now, I'm not sure if you've got an adversary or you've had an enemy or you've got something against you, but this woman had an adversary who was against her and who was treating her unjustly. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever been through injustice Just give me a wave if you can relate to injustice. Okay, we've got a few hands going up. But injustice is something that is not void of emotion, is it? When you're unjustly treated, uh, it generally means that someone is uh, dominating you or bullying you or not playing fair or taking advantage of you. Um, And the emotions that arise in a situation like that is that you can feel helpless, you can feel powerless, you can feel, you know, high levels of frustration that would uh, result in anger and fear. And I I think this, um, just this sense of rah would rise in you because of unfairness. How many of you know that emotion when there's injustice? And the third thing is that this woman was facing a a, a gender-biased judicial system. Okay, so back in there, um, it was very much a patriarchal society and women weren't always treated favourably in the courts. And so she had three things against her. And I just want to say kind of loud and bold today that this parable really, it is about prayer, 
It is about faith. But it's also about how do we respond to adversity? How do we respond in the face of a trial? How do we respond in, a, in the face of when circumstances aren't favourable to us? And I want to ask you today, what is your painful or, or challenging circumstance? What, what is in your life at the moment? And I could probably guarantee that each and every one of us has got a situation in our life that is challenging. Just give me a wave. If you, I've got one or two. Most of us will have a challenging situation. And so I would ask you today, apply this message to your situation. What is your situation? And this parable is really asking you, what do I do in the midst of this situation? You know, some of us will relate to unfair, unjust, uncertain or unforeseen circumstances that have been out of your hand, whether it was from your past or whether they are, uh, you're experiencing them right now. Some of us have been through traumatising situations, even abusive situations um, from our childhood or we might even be experiencing them now. I just want to just really just stop and pause for a moment to say God knows them. God knows what you're going through and he cares. He is not um, looking at you from a distance. He's very much here and there with you right now knowing what you're going through. You might be going through a sickness or a health issue, a relationship challenge, but I want to say to you today, God knows, but how are you going to respond? How are we going to respond And I felt as I prepared today's message that you and I need to consider when we're going through difficult times, three questions. And these are your questions and I'm going to walk through them. Am I believing? Am I praying? And am I fighting? Am I believing? Am I praying? And am I fighting? You know, I have found in life that there are two ways to respond to a difficult situation. You can sit in the situation in a, in a manner of defeat, in a manner of being a victim to that situation. You can sit in a place of feeling stuck. You can sit in a place of needing um, compassion and empathy and need and finding God as your refuge. And that is a place that sometimes we need to sit just for a little while. Who can relate to that? Sometimes I just need a little bit of woe is me and a little bit of God come and be with me in this grief place. But if we sit there for too long, we can get stuck. And so God says, okay, this is your option. You can stay here. And sometimes we can stay there for too long and we actually get stuck. But we need to actually move from being in a defeat place to a place of overcoming, to a place where God actually helps us to rise up over our situation and where we find victory through Jesus. So we're going to go through these three questions. Number one, am I believing? Am I believing? I want to reiterate that question that Jesus said, will I find faith? You know, I have found faith is something I actually need to switch on. 
It's not something that automatically just sits there. It's not something that I just go, oh, yeah, I'm believing. Sometimes I actually go, well, actually, I'm not believing. And God really challenges me to find faith. And to find faith, I have to seek God to get his perspective on what I'm going through. I have to get a scripture, find a promise in here to help me to walk through what I'm, what I'm believing for. I have to literally sometimes hand what I'm going through to God and invite him into the situation. But I have found faith is a very intentional choice. It is an intentional choice to go, I'm not carrying this situation, this trial, this burden, this unfair, unjust thing on my own. I'm going to give it to God and I'm going to get from him what he sees for this situation. I learned a very uh, useful uh, principle of faith going through a trial. How many of you can relate to that? <laughs> Let me just get a drink for a moment. Oh, good, my lid's off. Hang on, just, just have a breath while I have a drink. <laughs> well, I came home one day with my husband in our car. We, our house is up a long driveway got out of the car and I saw water all on the outside under the garage door. It had not been raining. You go, we'd been away for the night in Canberra and I go, oh my goodness, why is there water coming out from under our garage? I opened up the door and there was water literally seeping through the garage roof. We we have a two-storey house. I went, oh, golly, what's happened? I walked up our stairs and it was like a waterfall coming down our stairs. And my heart just went to the bottom of my gut. <laughs> Who knows that feeling? I went up to the, we kind of live upstairs, I was walking around up the top and my, my, I called it my lake. It was actually a lake up in, up, up in my in my house. And what had happened was um, Mr. Ratty, I call him Mr. Ratty, we gave him a name, had eaten through our dishwasher pipe while we'd been away and had caused a, a massive flood all in our house. And I remember walking through the lake and I was sort of stomping, <laughs> you know how you do in the water, and I was angry. And I said, God, this is not how I wanted to get new carpet. Because <laughs> I want a new carpet, but that was not how I wanted to get new carpet. And I was, I actually felt like someone had come into my house and caused a trauma in my house. Like, you know, I can look back now and just think, oh, I was just a flood in my house. But it, it didn't feel like that at the time. I felt violated. I felt like someone had come in and robbed something, my peace in my home. And I was mad. And I could see that there was going to be a lot of hard work. And in the midst of a full life, you know, who knows that you don't need that sort of, that, that trouble come into your home. And as I walked... The Holy Spirit so beautifully whispered in my ear, but it was a strong whisper. He said, Amanda, I can do 
immeasurably more than you can think or imagine in this situation. He whispered it, Amanda, I can do immeasurably more than you can think or imagine. And in that moment, faith got deposited in my spirit. Because I, I was not in faith. I was mad. This was an unjust situation, <laughs> unfair, unforeseen. But in that moment, faith rose. And I went, okay, God. I took him on. I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to imagine. What can you do in this situation? And so I went, okay, the carpets are given. That had to be replaced. But I'm going to believe for a new kitchen. So I went into my, new, into my old kitchen, which was 70s, okay? Orange tiles, you know, the, the 70s look. And I went, I'm going to imagine for a new kitchen. I am going to imagine for a new kitchen. So I went and bought magazines of kitchens. And I started a scrapbook of new kitchens. And I started to look. And um, over, a, a, like, this whole thing took about six months to unfold. But over this time... God got me my new kitchen, got me all brand new appliances because um, and my beautiful mother gifted us $10,000 to buy all new appliances. But, you know, God did immeasurably more. And when the painters came to repaint the skirting boards, he said, do you want me to just to paint the skirting boards or would you like me to paint every bit of woodwork in your whole house? I went, gee, let me think about that. I would love new, new because we had stained wood, that 70s look, and I went, no, I'd love fresh gloss, you know, cut. So he did the whole house. And God did immeasurably more. Sometimes we have to ask God for that fresh perspective of what we're going through. Our faith recognises that it is only God that can bring justice. It is only God that can bring healing. It is only God that can bring deliverance. It's only God that can bring redemption and bring a miracle into your life. We need to switch on faith. And if you can't switch it on, then you can ask God to help you switch it on. Sometimes even just a mustard seed of faith can, can be switched on to produce a tree, a mustard tree. The second question is, am I praying? I'm going to be honest today, sometimes I can forget to pray. Here's your executive pastor telling you today that sometimes I don't automatically go to prayer. I can automatically go to my emotion. Um, my husband is really good at going to prayer. Um, there's times when we go through things that um, cause us to have a strong emotional response and he'll say to me, come on honey, let's pray. And I find myself sometimes even getting mad at him, going, I don't feel like praying. <laughs> but okay, we'll pray. And sometimes I'm still mad and he'll pray and then I pray mad <laughs> until the emotion subsides. But prayer also is something that you have to intentionally do. I want to challenge some people today. Prayer is not just in your thinking. It's not just sitting here thinking about God. Prayer is actually a verbal response that you can hear. Prayer is something that um, there is something significant about not just praying thoughtful thoughts. There is something significant about because when you verbalize prayer, it actually stirs you. 
it actually activates your faith. So this parable in verse 3, I want to highlight the types of prayer this woman prayed. Verse 3, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea. Grant, what does that mean? Oh, it's all right. I thought it was a fire alarm. I thought we had to evacuate. <laughs> That's awesome. Evacuate, evacuate. But we can, we can use that. That's the type of prayer that we need to do. Um, forceful prayers. So in verse 3, it says that this woman came with the plea. And then in verse 7, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? And so we've got here two types of prayers, please and cries out. I want to say these are pretty emotional prayers. I, I used to saying sometimes God will not fall off his throne if you get mad at him. He will not fall off his throne if you ask him questions and challenge him. Why? Job called out, why God? He will not back off if you're a bit angry. He will not back off if, you're, if they're heartfelt prayers. He actually wants us to pray heartfelt prayers. <laughs> um, her prayers were not passive prayers. They were the prayers, they were not the prayers of someone in defeat. It ama- you know, let me just share, as a pastor, I get to pray for people a lot on, on when we invite people up for prayer. And it never ceases to amaze me how, how defeated a lot of people are. They will, Jodes, can I just use you as an example? I can use her because she's not like this. <laughs> so you'll come up with your head low, like, oh, I'm defeated. And I come before God, Lord, I need help. I need to be set free. And, and, and please hear me, I have prayed those sort of prayers, but we can't always, no, stay here. We can't always sit like that. And I find myself often saying to people, put your head up. God is our helper. It says, lift up our, your eyes to the hill. Where does my help come from? I say, lift up your head. It's just something about lifting your head. And it lifts your faith. I go, lift up your head. And look to God. Don't look down at your feet because that's defeatist. But let's lift up our posture because in lifting our posture, there's something that causes us to look towards God who is our helper and you pray different. Thanks, Jods. Appreciate. You pray different from from an attitude of God can help. He can help because he's powerful. Verse 4 to 5 says this in this parable. For some time the judge refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, he was not a very nice man, this judge, was he? You you wouldn't want to be living next, next door to him, I don't think. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me. Now, if you bother someone, you're pretty annoying, I reckon. <laughs> well, God is encouraging us here to bother him. We can bother God with persistent prayers. And I want to say today, he likes it. He's giving us permission to push in and be bothersome because I'm not quite sure why, but it actually captures his attention. He goes, oh, I like this. This woman's been bothersome. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then let's keep reading. I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Now, what does that mean about this woman's attitude? I reckon she was not just assertive, but she was actually getting aggressive. If the judge, who is not a particularly nice man, thinks that this woman's going to come and attack him, well, I think that she's been pretty, not just aggressive, but actually quite assertive. Oh, sorry, not just assertive. I'll get my words around the right way. But also quite feisty in her pushing into God for a change. And so I want to tell you today, get grunty in our prayers to God. He's actually inviting it. I want to just focus on the power of ask. The power of ask. I'm going to read a bunch of scriptures. James 4.2 says this, You do not have because you do not ask God. What is in your world that you have not yet asked God about? Sometimes, if you catch anything from me today, the simple power and the simple principle of ask. You do not have because you do not ask. What is in your life that you've just allowed, but you're sick of, but you haven't actually brought to God? Matthew 7, 7 says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. Matthew 21 says this, and all things you ask in prayer, believe you will receive. God is a God who is just waiting for us to ask sometimes. We go through stuff and we forget to bring it to him and we forget to say, God, can you intervene in this situation? God wants to intervene. He can intervene. He wants to bring a miracle. He wants to bring a transformation. He wants to help you. The third point here is, am I fighting? You know, this lady was a fighter. She wanted to overcome. Verse 1, let's go back to the very first. Verse 1, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. She kept fighting something until she saw a breakthrough. And some of us need to be reminded that maybe you haven't seen a breakthrough yet, so keep fighting. Keep bringing it to God. I felt as I, as I prepared for today, the Lord said, we need to find our fight. Who here needs to find your fight? It's the difference between being defeated and finding our fight. It's like getting up in the morning going, you know what, I'm going to push in. I'm not going to allow this to stay put in my life. What do you need to fight? I want to just say that I'm going to finish by just sharing a part of a psalm. Who loves David? I love David. I want, I want actually the, the word of God just to minister to all of us for a moment. I love David because he was a fighter, not just in the natural, but he, he wrestled with things until he found a solution in God. He wrestled until he found faith. He wrestled until he got a fresh perspective. And I'm going to read out of 2 Samuel 
chapter 22, but it's also rewritten this as Psalm 18. If you want to go home, it's quite a long psalm. I'd really encourage you to read it. Can we just close our eyes for a moment? Because I want you to catch this psalm today. I want to just give you the context. In the chapter before, it says this. Once again, there was a battle between the Philistines and Israel. David went down with his men to fight against the Philistines and he became exhausted. In the course of time, there was another battle with the Philistines. And then verse 19, in another battle. And then verse 20, in still another battle. This chapter, it talks about David going through four battles. He was exhausted in the first one. Maybe you've been battling a few different things. Not just one battle, but you've had numerous battles. And out of this place, David wrote this beautiful psalm. And it says this, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my saviour. From violent people, you save me. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise and have been saved from my enemies. This is how David felt in the midst of the battle. The waves of death swirled about me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. But I like this, verse 7. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God from his temple. He heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. You know, the psalm continues. God rescued him in two ways. The first way is he did supernatural, miraculous things. He thwarted the enemy. God did this. But then as you continue to read the psalm, there's a shift. And the shift is this, that God gave David the strength to overcome his foes. There's a shift from God doing things to I fought my enemy and overcome. I pursued and crushed my enemy. And I believe as you grow in God, as you mature in God, God hears our cries and does supernatural, miraculous things. But then there's a shift as we grow in God that we start to get the strength and the power to actually overcome our enemy. Just in this presence of God right now, I want to ask you, what are you going through that you might need to bring to God? Have you brought it to God? Have you prayed about it? Can you fight for it in God? Just while we're quiet before God right now, if that's you, can you just raise your hand that you need to apply this message to something that you're going through at the moment? Just lift your hand boldly and we'll pray together. Beautiful. Lots of hands are going up. 
Thank you, Lord. Beautiful. In a moment, we'll pray as a congregation. But let me also ask today, there's a moment where you ask Jesus into your heart. There's a moment where you say, God, I can't do this on my own. There's a moment where you say, I thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I did that when I was 19. I asked Jesus to come into my life. And that moment when you do that is a moment where you are born again into the kingdom of heaven. Born again for Jesus to come in and to be your saviour. And I want to ask, who needs to do that today? God's waiting. Who would like to invite Jesus to come into your life today? If that is you today, if you'd just like to raise your hand, just raise your hand and say, today I want to ask Jesus into my life. If you just want to raise your hand, perhaps you need to come back to him. I had to do that. I left God for a while and I had to come back. If that's anyone here today, you need to come back to God. Just raise your hand.